0: I'm Sandy and I'm Amy. We're two women taking on life's questions as posed by our listeners. In this podcast we're channeling over 10 decades of life experience to tackle the probing questions and issues by first recognizing the real and life situations
1: while we also pursue the ideal in the conversations. Thanks for joining us and if you like our podcast, please share, rate review so others can listen in. Now to our conversation.
0: Good morning, episode 27 of the Real Your Real Your Ideal podcast.
1: How are you doing today, Sandy? Amy, I am great. Happy Friday. We're both all shiny. We're looking at each other in Zoom. I curled my hair and I'm wearing my dress. Every day I wear a dress of the day I talked about last time. I haven't worn this one for gosh, since I've been at Lutz. I bet it's five years. So and the necklace is probably 15 years old. So what do you think? Do I look stylish? I, vintage? What look, do you think? You look
0: very stylish. I am I love your idea of wearing all of your clothes because you you said that and I was like, there are so many clothes that I uh, don't wear anymore because I'm hardly going out to see people. People aren't seeing me. So it's like, why well, get dressed up? I'm wearing my workout leggings all the time. But today I did put on a new sweater that I got. Uh, I got it like last March. And because it was on clearance, you know, and I was like, oh, I'll take that. And I just haven't worn it. So I was like, okay,
1: I'm going to try to wear something new too (laughs) that I've had. And before before we dive in, so I was very excited uh, when you, when, when we talked about what our big plan was or what we were looking forward to in the new year, you had said travel and I, to our listening audience, I had gotten a text from Amy saying, guess what? I booked travel. And I'm like, yeah, no, she sent it to me to coordinate taping of the podcast. And all I, I, mean, I was like, woo. So Amy, are you so excited?
0: Oh my goodness. I am so excited. Uh, we're pretty lucky. My mom is getting a place in Hawaii for a month. And she was wow. like, come and stay. If you, if anybody wants to come and stay, come and stay. And so um, Tom and I were kind of like Let's just do it. Let's go for a week. And we, so we're going to do Hawaii for a week, Nice, which is fun. We were going to Island hop, like do one Island and then stay with my mom for a little bit of time. But th- all this COVID stuff, there's so much testing between islands and quarantining that we're like, okay, we're just going to go to, uh, go to the one Waikiki and just stay there for a week. So it'll be nice. All right. Go me. I'm very happy for you. And so, and the other thing is we had COVID. So we're kind of still in that phase where we're, we're not gonna spread it anywhere and we're not gonna catch it. So hopefully all goes well and my mom got her shot. So that's good. It's all good. I'm very excited. <laughs> so, all right, so today's topic is when life isn't beautiful. So me traveling to Hawaii is a beautiful thing, but when life isn't beautiful, like, what do we do what are what are the things that can bring us out of um of of that and how do we deal with it and um so sandy and i today are going to kind of share some things possibly i i'm saying i'm going to share some things i don't know if you're up for sharing some things that have probably been i'm sure you are but probably been pretty traumatic um or, and I've been doing some reflecting this week on this stuff. That's what's traumatized me in my life.
1: And you know, Amy, I find this, and I I think I mentioned this in a text to you when we were going back and forth on the topic, Amy and I are positivity people. So this is actually hard for us because we tend to forget about the bad things, uh, sugar them up, and so this is a good topic to be a little real and raw. So right. not an easy topic right. for us.
0: Right. And one of the things that uh, was uh, helped me ponder this is this week we had the inauguration. And Tuesday night, they did a thing where they were... Um, doing a remembrance of the lives lost for COVID and, um, it was so, it was so touching. So, um, I was very emotional and, but one of the things that was said was to heal, we have to remember and, um, I, I, you know, I do too, because it makes you, uh, It it, you can't healing isn't forgetting. It's not just saying I'm going to hide this. I'm going to shove it away. I'm just going to forget about it. And then I'll be better because that's not, uh, what's helpful.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what things came to mind for you when you heard that phrase and when life isn't beautiful, I'm, I'm very curious to hear your ponderings. I know. So, um, what
0: has come to mind is in my life, I've had three traumatic events that can come to mind and I've had more. So this is what, so, but I've had three that have stuck with me and left marks. Well, and I shouldn't say others haven't left marks, um, but the three, so when I was a senior in high school, uh, my best friend passed away she died in a car accident and so that's one of them because that was very uh facing mortality as an individual as someone at that
1: age you don't face you think you're immortal so that's i think the younger you are, that's tough okay that was Um, very
0: hard um Then the second one, and see, a lot of people don't even know this, is I had a miscarriage before I had my first child. And it was at 16 weeks. So we had heard the heartbeat. We had just told everybody. We told everyone like at 13 weeks or after 12 weeks, after we had heard the heartbeat and everything. And at 16, I went in and there was no heartbeat. So that was traumatic because um, that could have defined my future. I didn't know if it was going to define my future, you know, and it felt, it was just, it was hard. It was hard. And then the, the third one was when my dad passed away. So those are kind of my three big ones. And what I've identified with all three of them is they were very sudden. I did not have time to prepare. Mm-hmm. That's and a great comment. other I know, because other things have happened to me, but I had time to prepare. Like, I knew they were coming. Like, Tom's dad just passed away, but we knew it was coming. We had time to process it. So when it happened, it didn't feel trauma, like it, it, there was grief, but it wasn't traumatic.
1: And, you know, that's interesting, because when I was going through, thinking through When life wasn't beautiful, I thought of my grandma, who I was very close to, and she had gotten Alzheimer's. But it was a process, and we could still find joy in that relationship. So the suddenness of it, I wouldn't. I I put it down, or I, I racked it up as something, but I thought that really doesn't fall in this category because it was more of a journey. And you bring up the comment of sudden having it be sudden, and I would tell you, Amy here. I, a lot of people don't know this. I had a miscarriage before my first child and oh, did you? how yeah. it was different than you, Amy, is I didn't know I was pregnant. It was totally, we were just married and, um, I was just pregnant. And by the time somebody finally said, you know, you might be pregnant. I was 10 weeks. I had, we hadn't even told anyone. So what was different, even though it was traumatic at the time, it probably wasn't as lasting because I had never, it wasn't a sudden thing for me. It was still sudden that I was pregnant. So um, yeah. it was a different, same, we had the same circumstance, but because I had never pictured the nursery, I wasn't over the shock of being pregnant before I miscarried. And so I never clung to that as part of me. It wasn't a beautiful thing yet. Cause I hadn't processed it to that point. Right. Right. And
0: which I think yeah. There's a different level of it because I had another one after my first child, but it was like, I found out I was pregnant and then I miscarried. So it was like, right. Like five weeks, six weeks. It was really like, there was, it wasn't as traumatic, I guess, which is, you know, not to judge myself on that, but it just didn't feel as bad.
1: So, so. The question I have for you, Amy, is when we talk about when life isn't beautiful, I think of it two ways And one is inward and one is outward because people have a really hard time dealing with issues and situations when life isn't beautiful. People love, it's so easy to, oh, wonderful, thank you, congratulations. And in those three instances, pick one, I guess, how you were in shock, it was sudden, it was a big life experience for you and you had to figure out how to cope. From the outward, did you feel like people were uncomfortable with being there? I mean, what was your general feeling on people from the outside coping with your loss? Um,
0: So it was different every single time. I will say that. Uh, But in all of them, I had a support network. And some of them, it was smaller. Some of it was bigger. Uh, I do remember, though, <laughs> when uh, I was working at uh, General Motors with a bunch of, you know, 50-year-old men, 50-plus men, uh, when I had my miscarriage. And I I will tell you, they could not talk about it. They, it was like nothing had happened. It was like they, so that was really weird for me. And I finally, one of, um, a woman that I supervised, she finally came up to me and she said, I, I just need to ask you what's going on. Like, uh, you know, because I know you were pregnant before. (laughs) So, you know, she was like, she was checking to see if I was okay, because I had taken some time off and I was back and you know, I, uh, but, but it was really interesting. Yeah. It was very sweet. She was just adorable, but it was interesting to me how, um, the, that group felt really uncomfortable with it, but I will say that was probably their generation number one. And it was probably, uh, you know, male, female, and not knowing what the right conversation to have with a female colleague about something this personal.
1: Like, I'm sure it was really hard. Did you want them to say something? I mean, in other words, if you would have been given advice to somebody on the outside, would you have wanted them to acknowledge it? You know what? At a minimum,
0: I would have wanted them to tell everybody what was going on with me. So that when I came back, everybody knew what had happened and I didn't have to tell everybody. <laughs> so that that's was true. that was kind of but I do understand there was probably a, a not sure where the privacy line would be, you know, of telling. So anyway, it was complicated. But that being said, I had good support with my family, my close friends, Tom, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's Think that was the key to making it
1: all okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the, the life is beautiful back to the inward and the outward. Um, there's when I thought through different circumstances that affected me, the phrase, you know, when life isn't beautiful, sometimes it was healing. And sometimes it was dealing with the outward on saying, Oh, my gosh, her life is so messed up. And I was actually okay with it. You know, it's just the whole, it can go both ways right and the healing right. ones are very similar um i remember back to when you're young mortality isn't something you think about i think about mortality a lot now and yeah. part of it is accepting it part of it is you know is not anxiety not it's understanding it it's accepting it it's you know helping me how i lead every minute every second and when you're younger there is no, you, you just, you, you, there, you think you're immortal. You don't, you're thinking about the short-term goals. Um, right. You know, anything about aging is something not even in your radar, but I had uh, a friend that died in a car accident. I was just out of college. We had just, in fact, he was finishing his fifth year and we were out and it was just some, so sur- surreal, you know, and the memory I have the most, that just stays with me was at the funeral. His father was just, and his father was not a uh, emotional person and he was sobbing. I mean, just heaving, sobbing. And what went through my head, it was the first time back to thoughts of mortality of how can you ever get through something like this if you have no faith or no understanding of what that, which none of us really have an understanding of what it looks like after. But it was the first time I could walk in somebody's shoes of the finality of a loss, and thinking through how does he even begin to heal? How how do you heal in that situation? Part of it's Uh faith, you know, faith that they're somewhere else, but you have to heal to remember, and I think long term, so that would have been what, you know, 30 some years ago, right? 31 years ago, um, is I think we all try to do a good job of remembering. And one thing I, you know, we all have our thing and back to my Pollyanna. One thing I did probably 10 years ago, probably 20 years after he died is I wrote a blog and it was stories about him and it wasn't about anything about his death, but it was celebrating his life and the things that made us laugh that I shared a story. And I remember his mother reaching out to me and saying that meant so much to his dad and i and what resonates with me amy is i think it's to heal we have to remember so we can say we're sorry we can hug we can feel sorry for him we can have it stick with us and say what do we all do i don't want that to happen to me but sometimes yeah. the gift we can give is to help remember right right yeah, right I completely
0: agree. Uh, my friend who died in high school in the car accident, her name was Karen, and her birthday is April tenth. And for April tenth comes and goes, and I'm always like I always mark it as a as a milestone, like something I need to remember. You know, it just sticks in my heart that date, and um, so probably, I don't remember how long I haven't done it in the last couple of years. I call her mom and her dad on that day sometimes, and just say, hi, you know, I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of Karen. I'm thinking, and the last time I called, which I probably need to do this again. I need to put that, put a reminder to do this. They just, she was just so thoughtful. She was like, you remember, she's like, that's so nice that you remember. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is like a date. This sticks to my, you know, it's just stuck on my heart. So it's on my soul.
1: You know, Biden is very well known that uh, he gives heartfelt eulogies. He's actually asked to do a lot of eulogies. And I, I read that in some readings I was doing before the inauguration. And I think it's because he does a good job of trying to walk in somebody else's shoes. And back to that phrase, to heal, we have to remember. Yeah. I, I bet a lot, of, and it's people that he knows, correct? It's just, it's just something he's very, he's very uh, high in empathy, and gives the type of empathy that a family needs when someone dies. So, yeah. a good one That's to amazing. share that message, That's right? That's like, yeah,
0: that is definitely a gift. So. I've been through other traumatic things. And one of the things that I noticed, like uh, one of the things is uh, a lot of people look at this and they're like, this is so traumatic. How did you handle that? I don't know if I could have done it, but we moved. I changed schools from junior to senior year. So mm-hmm. I started a brand new school my senior year. And yeah, it was, it was hard. It was life-changing, but it wasn't traumatic. Does that make sense? Right. Because, and I think because I had time to process, prepare, and then the experience actually, it changed me for the better. Like it was a good thing to get away from, uh, not to get away from, but from not to stay in my comfort zone. I would say that.
1: Right. Right. And back to your point on something being sudden versus not, you know, there's a lot of things that maybe it's even a mix of both. I would, you know, my big one would have been my divorce because I, and that was a healing for me because it's something I didn't want. And it was a shock and I kept trying to make it beautiful. And, you know, some things you just do the best you can, but it was hard for me too, because I didn't want, I don't like I don't like sympathy. I don't like that type of attention. And I wanted to, I I kept trying to turn it into something that I could set an example for. And we're going to be, and I think at some point I had to just let it go and go back to the inner circle and say, in order to heal, I have to accept this and not try to make it and mold it into something that is beautiful when it isn't. And part of it's time, too. And the acceptance yeah. of knowing that you do have to heal, you can't just turn something on a dime and say, I'm good. It's all good. Because that's, that's fraud. It's not true.
0: Yeah, very seldom it, is yeah.
1: that true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and you know what, I think you did
0: a really nice job. And you and I, we weren't close when you were going through this. So but I just have heard you reflecting on it. And it feels like that you did a very good job of getting a support network. Like you had a counselor, like you had this network that was supporting you through that process of healing, which is- Which I is think,
1: huge. You know, so many people yeah. want to, and whatever you're healing from, the easiest thing is to say, I'm gonna get over this on my own. I'm gonna go through my grieving, but there's so much to be said. And it might be just one person, your significant other, your best friend, but to have somebody to be a voice of reason, a sounding board, someone to talk out loud to that actually answers honestly and empathetically to you. Yeah. Empathy yeah. is different than sympathy. Empathy is walking in your shoes. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're, oh, let me just rub your back. You know, it's helping you get back on your feet. And Right. And the
0: honesty piece too. Right. Like you don't want somebody just saying, going along with
1: you, you want honest feedback for people, because life isn't beautiful for a lot of people and it takes the people from the outside aback because people, innately we all want life to be beautiful. So as participants on the outside, I think avoiding changing the subject, putting words in people's mouth oh, I bet, you know, I had a miscarriage too, you know? So now we can whoop, put that one off because since I did too, it's, oh, you know what, my grandmother died of Alzheimer's, you know, it's okay, back to uh, what was the Meghan Markle? Are you okay? What was oh, the yeah. question? Are you okay? You don't have to, don't try to dismiss the bad events as being okay, cause you've been through it. Dismissing or minimalizing is not the answer. Just ask if they're okay. Yeah. And if you're close, what can I do? You know, what, what can I do to help out? Right. And acknowledging
0: that, that even if you've gone through it, like, um, I had a friend who recently suddenly lost her dad about a year ago. And, um, I just told her, I'm like, it sucks. It's going to be a horrible year. Um, the things that are going to help you will be your children. <laughs> because that's what helped me. I'm like, or or I think I said, what helped me was my children and them, you know, helping me process it, asking about my dad, like it was like, so as, but it's hard.
1: So the question I have is when life isn't beautiful, when someone dies, people know there's an obituary. It's known when you file for divorce, it's known when, A lot of times if you have cancer, they notice results. When should you share and when should you keep it to yourself? Meaning, I always wrestle with what do I make public knowledge and what do I keep to myself? And do we help others by being able to share that life isn't beautiful all the time? You know, are we polyannying it, which is what you and I are really good at, by only sharing the good yeah. stuff and keeping the bad to ourselves. So, when do we share when life isn't working out, or is that a private matter?
0: You stumped me. I don't know. I, th- you know what I think. You know what I'm going to say. I think everybody's different on when they're ready to share and when they're not ready to share. Um, I, you know a lot of times when you're in the moment of going through something, it's hard to reach out and talk about it. I'll just, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, I I think about my, uh, like my mom going through my dad's death. She avoided it for the longest time. She, she upped and moved. She, you know, she just kept she kept putting things into her life so that she didn't have to settle down and just absorb it and talk about it. And, and she did okay. She handled it, but it took her a lot longer. And I don't know if she would have stayed in one place and talked about it, um, and shared it. She might've, it may have, the
1: healing may have happened faster. Um, I see the, I the ugly things. Cause there are ugly things too. Like our own, you know, we've done things, something in our background, a, a weakness. And that's so hard. And that's personal, not, Oh, I don't want to have help. I'm ashamed. Yeah. You know, I don't want to look bad, but I'll tell you, Amy. Um, so I, here, I'm going to say something. I'm going to throw it out in the podcast. There are the only person I have told in my life is my husband My parents know, my brothers know, I've never spoken of it before. I went through an eating disorder in my senior year of high school, my freshman year of college. And actually there was one other person, it was one of my running friends. And uh, I just decided I'm not gonna do it anymore. And I got better and I was fine. But to me, it's a human failing. And it it was bulimia, so it's kind of gross. And it's something I didn't wanna talk about purely out of pride. But the one time I brought it up to a friend, we were running and she said to me, I had anorexia and it ended up being this open conversation. And even with Garrett, he's dealt with it with other people in his life. And it wasn't a failing. It was, it made me a better person. And it brought, it actually gave me empathy for some people. I didn't know that dealt with a similar thing. So that is my, that is not a beautiful thing. That's an ugly thing. But am I better off never speaking of it? Or am I better off bringing it up? But now I say it on a podcast, you know, it's, what is the right answer when it is shame?
0: Right. When you're feeling shame, you know, what? I'm just going to say you're very brave. Good job. <laughs> Congratulations, like, you put it out there. So bravery, I, I think it depends on how much you want to help other people. Because right. I think our experiences really can help guide other people. And like I'm thinking of like you sharing that story. I have a friend who has a daughter who's going through an eating disorder. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, I'm in my mind, I'm like, I should try to connect you guys because you could give her some insights or you could, you know, because it's shorter.
1: It, people yeah. wonder how you get there. It started with a bunch of cheerleaders saying, Hey, look what we can do. We can lose weight. And it started with this cult mentality that ended up being a habit, you know, and, yeah. but, but, but back to that, even the friend that I shared that with, it was this relief and this wonderful, there were other people that were listening in a conversation on, um, acceptance of a human flaw. We've all done stuff. Right. And, the funny oh, like, thing is, is how much yeah. time I've spent uh, wondering uh, who knows, and did my parents tell, and are they worried about me? Like those afterthoughts that maybe if I would have been with my inner circle, you know, my afterthought is maybe, and part of that's with maturity, is if I would have uh, been a little bit more open to my inner circle, there could have been better benefits that happened on showing that none of us have a perfect life. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. But you know what, I think it comes with maturity, it comes with confidence, like there are some things as a teenager, you just have to protect yourself and you have to, I am just going to say at any age, there has to be, there's the survival mode that kicks in and you have to do what you do to protect yourself.
1: And when you're ready, it'll come out. If it does, but people with personalities like yeah, ours, yeah. you close the door and say, that's done. So yeah. it's not like it's something totally. I would think about. It. I have closed yeah. it. It's done. The file is in the f- picture. The file cabinet, put the lock on, throw the key away. It's gone. There it is. Yep. And so, then here
0: we are. To heal, we have to remember.
1: So the real is life isn't beautiful all the time, right? Right. It's
0: not. And, and we all have something In our past that we're not telling people, right? (laughs) Right. And then give it to Sam. She's gonna
1: blog about it or tell it on a podcast. I'm gonna have to think. Do I have (laughs) anything else out there? It's something I don't think about often, just because for the love, I was 18 years old, and uh, the 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 funny not the funny story, but my dad made me go to a counselor, and I was 18, and I was Bucky, and the biggest revelation is I sat in the waiting room and I looked around, and in fact, when I went in, she said, "You're not gonna talk to me, are you?" And I'm like, "No." And I just made up my mind and never did it again. That was it. That was it. And never talked about it again, other than to Garrett. And there you go. That's good. I'm impressed. You are a strong-willed child. Dad always it. said he'd rather raise seven boys than one girl. And that's not saying a lot for me <laughs> since I was the only girl. So right. we no. never know where these podcasts are going to go. I baby. Keep us on time, I'm always the one
0: who throws us off. I know, we are, we're we're doing pretty good. We probably need to wrap it up. Um, I will say, uh, I'm looking at my, our questions. I guess we talked about what the real is, what's the ideal, you know, that I, I don't know, the ideal, I think everybody has to define their ideal.
1: They have to, yeah. But, but I think, do you think the ideal is rather than either putting it to the side or is, Putting it to the side, thinking it will just work its way out in time, whether it be grief, whether it be the remembering, but back to, we always talk about intentionality. It's saying, okay, that wasn't so great. That's not going to be a milestone in my life that I'm going to put on the highlight reel. How am I going to deal with this, right? Do I want to deal with it on my own? Do I want to confide? Being intentional rather than, because if you just throw something in that file cabinet with that key, that file cabinet still sits in the middle of your office and you know what's in it. So what are you gonna do with it? If you're gonna do anything with it, then burn it. It's your free will, burn it, but just don't let it sit in the file cabinet.
0: Yeah, completely. I do think there's something to be said for ideal, uh, making sure that we all have a support network. You know, it could be one person, it could be five people, but when you're dealing with something find somebody that, that can help move you past that space. It could be reaching out to a bunch of strangers and joining a support group, whatever it is, just trying to find
1: something to help you move, move you forward if you're stuck. And I think the other flip to that ideal is if you're the person on the outside, be in a place of empathy, not necessarily in a place of sympathy, because empathy with courage and with you want to help them um, and being in the right spot is what that needs. So which other side, whichever side you're playing, there's an ideal to both. Be that yes. Yeah. be that person. Yeah.
0: Be that person. Very good. Love that. All right. So wrap question. Um, before we do the wrap question, I just want to remind everyone we're doing book club mm-hmm. conversation coming up. So if you're reading the Chasing the Bright Side with us, our, I think we'll be posting that podcast on the 4th, February 4th. That is is correct. that
1: correct? That is correct. Okay. Very Yay. good.
0: And I would say it's a good book. I'm enjoying it.
1: Optimism. But it is
0: very positive. Like yeah. optimism. It's very optimism. much about optimism. I love it. All right. So wrap question. Did you watch
1: the inauguration? you know what, uh, I eventually watched the inauguration. I, I was on a lot of calls and I couldn't catch it live. So, bits I caught live, the bigger things I did not catch live, but I went back and watched. Loved every bit of it, loved the hope, loved Amanda Gorman, oh my gosh, I loved the inaugural oh. speech. I love we love positivity right and i want everybody you know, <laughs> unity this isn't about sides and the and then uh went back and watched the celebration of america with garrett after the fact because i had so amy the answer is i watched all of it but very little live how about you yeah
0: i so i got off a call and i took like an hour break and i got to watch and i was supposed to call somebody at a time and I got caught up in Amanda Gorman and Lady Gaga singing. Yes. And I was just like, okay, I know I need to, I'm supposed to be calling somebody. <laughs> I like, couldn't walk away because it was just beautiful. I, I loved, um, I just, you know, we have a great country. We have a great constitution. We have, there's so much good and it's fun to see people highlighting the good. That's- I
1: even appreciated the fact that Trump left a letter for Biden and Biden yeah. Biden didn't share it and he was very positive he said it was very generous and it's like okay people we got this you know okay. we can That's be really awesome. let's be good people let's be good people yeah. we can do this decency wins yes okay
0: very good well until next time thanks okay. sandy
1: bye everyone bye